welcome to the book of acts so we've introduced the book of acts extensively looking back at luke's first volume as our introduction now today we begin this epic journey into the acts of the apostles looking at acts chapter one and the first five verses the promise of the holy spirit and the holy spirit features heavily and extensively throughout the book of acts and all paul's writing so let's read acts chapter 1 verse 1 to 5 in the first book o theophilus i have dealt with all that jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up and after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles who he, who he had chosen, he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So we linked back to the previous book of Luke that we've looked at already in the, in, in the introduction, where Luke explains how Jesus merely began to do and teach. What he began to do and teach. Therefore, Acts is now the continuation of what Jesus began. Now, through his spirit-filled apostles and disciples and early church. And it's important to note how long things have been going. For just three years now, Jesus has been teaching. The founder, Jesus, has died and now has been resurrected and is now about to ascend and go away there is significant persecution but as we will see the Holy Spirit produces a different yet still the same in some way set of disciples who are able to respond to this persecution and we've seen throughout church history that in times of persecution the church does well the church grows the, the church grows in depth and it's times when the church is full of comfort and ease that the church shrinks back so now in the book of Acts the disciples are no longer afraid instead they are bold with a boldness not of their own it's not their character but it's of God we know this because we saw what they used to be like in the Gospels they faltering lives they they denied Jesus they fought with each other it was infighting they were running away when Jesus needed them the most now we see what happens it's a very different set of disciples but as i said still the same guys when god gets hold of his people they are a totally new creation when the holy spirit is involved god's people are unstoppable so jesus did things but he also taught jesus began to do and teach the bible is is fundamental to the work of the of the of the church it was fundamental to the work of the early church they're looking at the old testament that's all they had back then there was 
just prophecy and a bit of Old Testament. Today we've got the entire canon of Scripture written down for us. So we're really grateful to the early church for writing down Scripture for us, writing down all the letters and, and, and providing us with the Bible that we have. So we must teach and instruct people how to follow Jesus, how to live for Him, how to live as a church family. What does it mean? To live as a church family it doesn't just happen automatically you don't just think about it and happens you have to do stuff you have to teach on it you have to instruct people what it looks like and then demonstrate it the context of pentecost is a whole three years of jesus having been teaching in his ministry and demonstrating the kingdom of god preceded by the ministry of john the baptist preceded of course by all the prophets in the old testament with a gap of several hundred years and so more recently there's been Jesus and John the Baptist but Jesus essentially for three years um, and because Jesus had been teaching so much there was there was there was such a flavor of the kingdom ignorance is very damaging we must teach biblical truth and watch as the Holy Spirit sets that aflame Biblical truth is almost like the kindling in, the, in, in a local church. If you put in place good biblical teaching, Holy Spirit can come and set that aflame. Without biblical teaching, Holy Spirit may just blow, blow through and nothing will catch fire. Nothing will be embedded in that local church. So don't expect any church, including yours, to progress if biblical truth is abandoned, if you put aside the Bible and you just start teaching traditions, what you think, or just little bits of the Bible that you're familiar with. That's the beauty of this devotional series. We're going through entire books of the Bible. The book of Acts is about action as well. Jesus began to do and teach. The prayer meetings we will encounter in this book are all action-based. They result in transformation to society, transformation to the early church. Feeding programs are initiated, missionary trips are, are, are undertaken, uh, setting apart of leaders, prison releases. And evangelism is always more than proclamation or mere proclamation. But it is never, of course, less than that. People need to hear something, but there's also this action, this activity that goes on. It is a repeated personal and corporate picture that's being painted. The people of God demonstrating the kingdom, individuals in their own lives demonstrating the kingdom. But Jesus only began it. That's what this verse says. He wants his people to carry it forward, and not alone, but with his Holy Spirit inside of them and each other. And that's why this section today is the promise of the Holy Spirit. So we must both do and teach. Our lives must be a constant flowing sermon that people can read and hear, uninterrupted by anything. The best sermons are those that are uninterrupted and they just flow through our lives, the way we live as well as the way we speak. So verse 2, Jesus only stops when he goes to heaven, but he directs and moves his church from afar way more powerfully from heaven because the Holy Spirit is now inside you and I and he has now an army of people around the world instead of just one person instead of just the Messiah in one place in one time there are millions of people all over the globe and throughout all history 
He gave instructions to his apostles, and we see him repeating many things. But now, with the, with the Holy Spirit about to be poured out, it is a case that he commands that they obey by faith. That is a, a spirit-filled, easy obedience. So verse 2, he gave command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles. So it's very urgent. Commands are for urgent times. You put lots of wording around and fluffy words around things when you've got time to spare. But when you've got hardly any time, it's just commands. So in an army, you listen to the commands of the commander. Here yeah, Jesus commands his apostles by the Holy Spirit. He directs things. So whilst the church may not be perfect, they are always, 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 always the bride of Christ. They are who Jesus died for. We need to fall freshly in love with her again. In the people of God, right among her, Jesus is the feet. Jesus is the one who is being made known. Jesus is the one being expressed through love and, and action, through words and deeds. The gathered church is as much a statement, a demonstration of the kingdom as an evangelistic appeal. So what I mean by that? So you, you can go and evangelize people, but the church itself is an evangelistic appeal. Just being a family together, loving one another, people look into that and they say, we want to be part of this. We want to, want to meet this Jesus who you follow. We want to be in this family who belong to Jesus. <clears throat> so anyone can be part of this wonderful family. But they must also be told about it. They can't just find out if no one tells them. They need to be taught how to live in this family. It needs to be explained to them. They need to be pleaded with to come and be part of this family. So never give up on the bride. She is Christ's. She is the bride of Christ. Just as you are part of her, you are in Christ if you are a follower of Jesus. Or if you listen to this, maybe hearing this for the first time, maybe you need to respond to this and become part of the bride. Follow Jesus. Learn what it means to become a Christian, to become a Christ follower, to repent of your sin and say yes to Jesus in all of your life. Jesus chose the disciples. He chose you and he chooses many, some who may be quite different from you and I. The disciples who up, up till now had been very competitive with one another. Who is the greatest? Remember that great conversation? Um, they instead began to work together as an indivisible team hereafter, even willing to give up their lives for one another. So once the Holy Spirit falls on them, they are like totally new people. Previously they had been, you know, who's the greatest and who's going to betray you? They're all you know, all about gossip and slander. Come the Holy Spirit, let's get going with the business that Jesus has given us to. And if your church is all divided and doing this and that and fighting, maybe the Holy Spirit is needed to just take you back to Jesus. So Jesus presents himself in verse 3 to his disciples over and over again after his resurrection, giving proofs. He cements in their minds and hearts the power of the risen Savior, the truth and reality of Jesus risen. He convinces them before he sends them. And this is really key. 
often we just go out sort of knowing half half truth like like a half cocked gun no no we need to hear the truth about who jesus is and then go and tell people we need to experience who god is ourselves before we even try and bring people into that and how do you do that being part of a local church being part of a body a local body of believers where you help one another to see god through each other's lives living together serving one another so his his message the message of jesus was the kingdom of god it wasn't this church or that church it was the kingdom and the church is within the kingdom the rule and reign of almighty god was at hand jesus suffering means that he identifies with his people he suffered by many proofs so you see he presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs so after he'd suffered but the fact that he did suffer helps us to identify him identify with him sorry and him to identify with us so we know that he understands our suffering he's a different type of high priest to those who came before one who knows our very weaknesses actually sometimes better than we do who sympathizes with us in every single way jesus is a real historical figure he is alive he presented himself to those around him those who were most skeptical of his resurrection those who had abandoned him those who needed the most convincing he convinced them presented them with unassailable truths about who he was if you need tr- proof that jesus is real history happily is on your side you need more faith to believe that jesus does not exist and that the world everything we see around us the air we breathe the lungs that we breathe with just came from nowhere all by chance you need so much faith to believe that i don't have enough i don't have enough faith to believe all this came from nothing but i do know that jesus rules and reigns and that he loves me that he died for me and that he is the creator of all things he made all brought all things into being christianity rests firmly on the reality that jesus died that he was crucified and importantly resurrected so what is the kingdom of god it is the kingly rule of the lord of all our god who reigns over all things in every place always the kingdom of god is an ever increasing and growing rule that reaches throughout eternity future stretches into eternity past and so jesus convinces his disciples of the nearness and the realities of himself in order to open their eyes to the kingdom that he is setting up next in verse 4 jesus orders them not to depart but instead to remain in jerusalem where he was crucified by the way and to wait for the promise of the father what humility is that jesus could have said well jerusalem they crucified me i'm going elsewhere but no he starts there he starts where he himself died the apostles were to wait why wait why not just give them the holy spirit there and then and just carry crack on type thing well because jesus had not been glorified he says jesus himself in john 7 verse 39 the spirit was not yet given since jesus was not yet glorified so until jesus glorified the holy spirit is not poured out so the command to wait was specific to that moment those that particular group of people that circumstance but for us now jesus has been glorified 
the promise is active and we don't need to wait in that sense that there's, there's some sort of uncertainty about whether the Holy Spirit's going to be poured out or not or the timing of it. We must wait in, in the sense that we don't just get ahead of God and do our own thing, of course, but we must not wait around, you know, just sort of fiddling with paper and looking at each other, um, sitting static, disempowered, and without leaning into the promise of the Father, the promise of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for us now. Jesus ascended. He was glorified 2,000 years ago. He's in heaven and he's able to baptize you right now with the Holy Spirit. Maybe you can just pause this video. You don't have to come back to this video. It's just, just a video. But maybe right now you can just go to God yourself. Ask him to baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Get maybe a, a local pastor. Just go into any church. Ask them to just put their hands on you and pray for the Holy Spirit to come upon you. Or if there's none of that around you, just lay hands on yourself and ask God, would you baptize me in your Holy Spirit? Just being aware that you can't earn, you don't deserve the Holy Spirit, you're not worthy of the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit is a gift, it's a promise, a promise from God Almighty. Our progress in our Christian lives doesn't make us more able to receive the Holy Spirit. We don't become more holy as we, as we do, things, do more things for God. We don't become more deserving of the Holy Spirit. He is a gift. He is a promise. Yeah. And it says here in verse 5, Jesus reminds them of what the promise was. John baptized you with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Jesus had often referenced the Holy Spirit. If you just go back through John's Gospel, we've been going through that for the last two and a half years. That's our earliest, earlier series that was, we covered in 2020-2022. Um, so they heard from Jesus that John did water, but now expect a complete drenching. Not like the Old Testament, where the Holy Spirit came sporadically on this person or that person for a, a very short period and then disappeared. Um, for that, you know, there's just a specific purpose came upon Samson or this other leader or Moses. Now the Holy Spirit was to be poured out without measure. So the measuring rod, the measuring bucket or whatever, chucked away, Holy Spirit is going to come on immeasurably. No measure, without measure, no limits. From heaven's side, there's no limits. Maybe on our side, there's a bit of a limit where we refuse or we reject, but not from God's view. He wants us to have and receive the, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. Yet most of his church tries to operate without the Holy Spirit, a strange thing, very strange indeed. He gives the Spirit without measure. That's what John 3, 31 to 36 talks about. He gives the Spirit without measure. This is from John the Baptist who, who first began to preach what Jesus preached, to repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. And he talked about what Jesus was going to do. He was going to be a, someone who could baptize people in the Holy Spirit. The work, ministry, involvement of the Holy Spirit in the church is vital for the church. He's integral to all of the salvation and redemption of God's people. He's the one who is acting for God. He's the one who's changing hearts, bringing people to new birth, softening our hearts so we can receive the good news of Jesus. 
John the Baptist first emerges with this ordinance of water baptism. Jesus uses the same language of immersion, baptism, completely being overwhelmed to describe how the Holy Spirit will come upon his followers. You'll be baptized underwater, something totally, totally drenched, totally wet. Not one bit of your body still dry, it's all wet. Let's briefly read a few of the dimensions in the Old Testament of what was actually promised. So in Joel chapter 2, verse 28 to 29, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. So God's promised to pour out his Holy Spirit on who? Some people, special people, holy people, old people, young, no, no, all people. Isaiah 32, 15 to 17 talks about the effect of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Ezekiel 36, 26 to 27 talks about a new spirit I will put within you. The Holy Spirit's going to be inside of us, poured out inside us. Not distant, un unavailable, but inside us. Jesus spoke too about the Holy Spirit in Luke chapter 11. If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts, how much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask? Isn't that amazing? The Holy Spirit is available by being asked for. Heavenly Father, would you give us your Holy Spirit? John 14, 15 to 18. I will ask the Father and he will give you another helper. So not only do we need to ask, but Jesus asks as well on our, on our behalf. He's a mediator. He will ask the Father and He will give you, the Father will give us another helper to be with you forever, even the Spirit of Truth. So not only do we get to ask, it's a privilege being able to pray and ask God for many things. Maybe that's our first request. Give us your Holy Spirit. But also Jesus is praying for His people that God would pour out the Holy Spirit on them, another helper. John 14 talks about the Holy Spirit leading us into all truth. There's more in John 15 and John 16, the work of the Holy Spirit. John 20, receive the Holy Spirit. So God has promised us his Holy Spirit. How do we receive him? We ask, please can I have like a child to a father. If you want to know more, study your Bible. Ask your pastor to teach on the, the work, the ministry, the gifts of the Holy Spirit and help your, your church to encounter God's promise of his Holy Spirit. So Lord, would you come please? Pour out your Holy Spirit on those who are listening. Would you pour out the fire of God? Pour out your Holy Spirit without measure. Set us aflame for your glory. Amen.